for tuning into episode 29 of The Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father, four ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography addiction recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from pornography addiction and compulsive sexual behavior. If you or somebody that you know is struggling with pornography addiction, please point them to pathbackrecovery.com. There you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome pornography addiction. Again, that's pathbackrecovery.com. And uh, huge thanks to everybody who is continuing to send in questions, comments, guest suggestions to contact at pathbackrecovery.com. And again, you can find for my Apple listeners, uh, please go to, you can, you can listen to the podcast through iTunes or you can listen through the podcast app. And while you're there, if you don't mind, uh, go ahead and hit subscribe or rate, review. Just spread the word if you don't mind. Every little bit helps um, get the word out about the virtual couch and helps me get better guests, that sort of thing. Uh, okay, quickly, our sponsor today, as per usual, the fine folks at Eli's Extracts. Eli's makes all-natural organic shave cream. It can be used on legs, head, face, body, wherever, and uh, it is scented with essential oils, has amazing scents, and if you go to Eli's, E-L-I-S-Extracts.com and use coupon code VIRTUALCOUCH, you get 25% off your entire order up to and including a million-dollar order. Um, also sponsored by Covenant Eyes. And Covenant Eyes, if you use the code Virtual Couch um, and uh, you sign up for Covenant Eyes service, they do internet filtering and monitoring blocking software. Their latest um, version is, is pretty incredible. Uh, it really does kind of lock down all devices and uh, gives you real accountability there. But use Virtual Couch, all one word, coupon code there, and then they support, they give us a little something back to support the podcast. All right. Here we go today. Oh, and I need to do. I'm so I'm not a good self promoter. Um, feel free to head over to the Tony Overbay Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist Facebook page, and there I post the podcast, I post videos, and some other things as well. Um, I'm gonna. I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to get to do a couple of uh, speaking gigs here locally, and I'm gonna put more information up there about those. I'm really excited about those. And we have a Virtual Couch Instagram page. You can go to virtualcouch.xyz, and all of the episodes are there. And then of course Pathback recovery.com is my online pornography and compulsive sexual addiction recovery program. So again, please spread the word. All right, let's get to, got a little bit longer of an intro today because um, I want to talk about my guest. My guest today, her name is Julie Christensen, and I have been aware of Julie now for a couple of years. She's local. She is, like me, a licensed marriage and family therapist, but I started hearing more about Julie through her work with a different part of her practice, which is called Luminous Passages. And you can look her up online at luminouspassages.com, and yes, I had to kind of double check to make sure I know how to spell that. Uh, L-U-M-I-N-O-U-S. I feel like I want to say uh, uh, M-O-U-S-E. Anybody else go there? Mickey Mouse? Um, Luminous. L-U-M-I-N-O-U-S-P-A-S-S-A-G-E-S.com. Uh, on her site, Julie describes herself as an intuitive counselor and a spirit medium. And if you look over her site, she also offers the following services, spirit and psychic mediumship, intuitive counseling and mentoring, Reiki healing, past life regression, um, repair and reattachment, grief counseling. And I've had a couple of clients that I've worked with tell me about some of their experiences with Julie, which have been overwhelmingly positive. And so I really thought she would be a great guest here on the virtual couch. And what I really loved about my interview with Julie is that she was completely okay with me sharing with her shortly before, or right after she entered the office, actually, that I was pretty skeptical about the work that she did. And 
I, I want to be honest with that. Um, and honestly, I love that she said, so was I, until she had a particular experience that she's going to talk about in great detail on this episode that kind of changed the course of her life and her career. And uh, also, Julie did offer me a reading as well. And again, I shared with her that I, was, I wasn't I was one who believed in mediums or readings. And if I'm being completely honest, ghosts or aliens or, or any of that type of thing. And, and I know I'm not alone. Here's where I wanted to go a little bit uh, longer on this intro. I did a quick, quick bit of research online. I found a Newsweek article entitled, Do Aliens Really Exist? from December 8th. And I'm not sure right now, you know, I'm not sure what you're thinking. If you do believe it, if you don't believe it, if you assume that most people do or don't believe But um, there was a new study, 26,492 people from 24 countries shared their beliefs about life on other planets. And it seemed that most of the world, I was surprised by it, 61% believe that there is uh, some sort of life on faraway planets. Only 17% of the world is skeptical and 22% say that they don't know. And nearly half of the respondents believe that intelligent alien life was out there somewhere. And, uh, and here's what um, I thought was interesting, just for fun here. It says in the article, this is in that Newsweek article, the next sentence says, though science has not yet backed this up, uh, this apparently common belief. More people were skeptical of actual aliens with 26% disputing their existence. Another 28% said they weren't sure or they were secretly withholding their true feelings. I thought that was kind of interesting because uh, I'll speak to that here in a second. Um, again, were secretly withholding their true feelings. But here's the next part. I thought this was uh, kind of fun to read. Interestingly, this is again back to the article. While there is no evidence of complex alien life, believers tend to be highly interested in science and technology. Then that sentence alone, if you went down and read the comments, whoa, there, there's where you opened up the... Uh, Pandora's box of comments. So, you know, you have all kinds of people that are saying there is absolutely evidence of complex alien life, and then they refer to certain things, and people are taking them on, and boy, you could read those comments all day. Um, But my entire goal of creating a podcast, the Virtual Couch Podcast, was to bring on interesting guests, people that I want to talk to, people that I want to hear more about, people, things that I want to learn. Um, that I feel like can help my listeners or help uh, people who tune in, to my clients, who you name it. Um, so I want to bring on interesting guests that deal with helping people. And I believe it would, honestly, it would be pretty silly for me to think that everybody I bring on has to agree with what I agree with or believe what I believe. Um, and now another confession, I really, I don't go back and listen to myself on past episodes. And, you know, I've listened to a ton of podcasts over the last 10 plus years. And I know that there are some people that do, and there are other people that say they can't do it. And I just can't, I can't go hear myself. So, um, I feel like the interview flowed well. Uh, Julie was, I know for a fact was open and honest and funny. I mean, she was great. And when, when this, this, what I'm putting out here is that I truly hope that I was as respectful as I intended to be, because I mean, I really appreciated what Julie shared. And, uh, and man, she has some amazing experiences. I, I want to talk about them right now. Maybe I'll have to do a, a post, uh, post podcast recap because they are just, there are some amazing experiences. And, um, I know just from talking with a lot of, uh, clients and a lot of friends and, and that sort of thing, even I let a lot of people know that I, I w- had interviewed Julie or that I was bringing Julie on and boy, everybody kind of has an opinion. Um, and there's, uh, the popularity of the shows like the long Island medium, uh, things like that. I mean, it seems like, um, mediumship is, uh, is kind of out there in the news or, or, um, on TV, that sort of thing. And so a lot of people have really strong opinions. So again, I feel like the interview flowed, um, but, but back to the reading. So I had told myself going in that since I didn't believe honestly in psychic readings or mediums, that sort of thing, I really didn't want to put us in a position where things would get weird. I didn't want to be sitting there and having this experience that we were filming or recording and then just kind of have it not go right and then have that taint the interview. 
But uh, we were talking about it before as I was kind of setting up my equipment here on the virtual couch. And Julie suggested that we do a reading before she started with the interview and that we could just record it. And we could just see what happened. So I thought, why not? And she gave me very clear instructions. And I'll talk about this later. Um, but uh, to, you know, just look straight ahead and don't nod, don't agree, don't whatever. Because I know a lot of people are, you know, have their own theories or opinions on how the readings work, right? But so, uh, but so she, she suggested we did this. I agreed, and I, I'm going to share the reading at, probably at the end of part two of this interview. Um, so yeah, I'm going to break this one into two because we go pretty long. But I will tell you that it wasn't uh, what I thought it would be. Um, and I'll record an intro before I get to the reading before on that part two to share more of my thoughts about what happened. Again, my goal with this podcast, as I preach incessantly, is honesty, authenticity, openness, raw vulnerability, you know, all those good things. So it would be ridiculous for me not to share all of my own thoughts and feelings about my experience. So there's the cliffhanger, right? So Julie will cover it at the end of part two, but you can find out more about her again at luminouspassages.com. And Julie uh, mentions that she has a show coming up here locally in Rockland, California on February 10th from 7 to 9 p.m. And you can find out more about her show on her website. Um, It's called An Evening with Spirits. Uh, Okay, so without any further delay, um, let's get to part one of my interview with Julie Christensen, licensed marriage and family therapist, intuitive counselor, and spirit medium. with your background is so you are an LMFT yes yeah Yeah. Uh, and then and so at what point did you start to I mean well let me ask is more of your business the LMFT kind of traditional therapy or is it more in the luminous passages realm it is now starting to sway more over onto the luminous passages okay side well Uh, and, and did you feel when you graduated, you know, as an LMFT, you're getting your hours, you're doing that sort of thing, right? Did you already have an idea that you were heading down this path toward the Oh, no. No. Oh, no. Okay. This wasn't even... Wasn't it? No, if anything, I was probably more of a skeptic. Were you really? Well, okay, let's uh, kind of do it. Let's back up a little bit, right? Okay. Um, All right. So, um, you know, I'm with Julie. Julie is uh, a licensed marriage and family therapist, but also, um, what do you... And this is a part where I am going to be super vulnerable, and I probably have already talked about this for five minutes in the intro that I will record after, but I am so um, just interested in hearing all about your work as a... But then I don't even... I don't Uh, want to offend you with what, uh, what I call you, it, right? You can call me a spirit medium. Okay, spirit medium. They call, they're, we're also called psychic mediums. Okay. Um, I'm also an intuitive counselor. Okay. A Reiki master. Okay. Uh, hypnotherapist. Well, I'm all kinds of things. Okay. But And a mentor. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. So um, for the sake of the rest of the, the interview, um, uh, you said spirit medium? Spirit medium is great. Okay. I love yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. So we'll go with that. So, okay. uh, so before, all. yeah, right. So before <laughs> we get to that, then give me a little background. So where'd you grow up? Ah, all over. No, uh, did you? Okay. <laughs> all over California. Okay. No, I was born in San Francisco mm. and uh, lived there till I was about six. Okay. And then the parents split up mm. and I ended up, uh, or I moved to San Diego uh-huh. and I was down there till I was about um, 16 and then we moved to Grass Valley. Oh, wow. Okay. went to Nevada Union. You so did. Nevada and you. Union That's people. right. Yeah. So yeah. how, okay, San Diego up till you were 16, were you close mm-hmm. to the beach? 
No. Okay. Is that one of those assumptions, right? Oh, you must have lived on the yeah, beach. You about, surf, you know. Yeah. Uh, seven to ten, I was in a place called University City, which is pretty darn cold, but you can't drive when you're seven oh, to good ten. Good point. Yeah. And then I was more in a place, uh, it was called Escondido. Oh, and Valley that. Center, so it's a little more inland. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And right about the time, yeah, when I would have started driving and being able to go to the beach. Yeah. We moved to the mountains. Okay. So. <laughs> and Grass Valley is a lot different than the beaches of San Diego, yeah. right? Wait. Although I loved it. Did you? To me, it was like being on summer vacation all oh. year round because of the trees. Okay. So, so you know, a lot of people uh, ask that question. Are you more of somebody that would want to be by a lake in a forest or by a beach? You've done both. What do you prefer? Ah, uh, probably the trees. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I do love the beach, but... Um, and I guess maybe because I'm starting to think of Grass Valley and, you know, I lived on three acres and wow. there was the NID ditch running through there and it was a great place to connect with nature and write poetry and okay. be a teenager. Okay. Um, and did you already have inklings at that time of wanting to be a therapist or what were your, what was your <laughs> career path at that oh, point? This is a great question. Okay. Uh, I was just thinking about this today because even back then they would give us this, um, a test to see, you know, oh, this is what you'd be good right. at. Yeah. yeah. Did you have that? I remember them saying to me, my number one thing that I would be good at was a psychologist. Really? And I said, oh, well, I didn't know what a psychologist right. was. Yeah. And I said, well, how much school is that? And they go, oh, well, psychologist, you want, you're going to want your PhD. And I said, forget it. Right. Okay. I, I'm not getting out of high school. I'm like done. You know, yeah. I'm like, I, I have to go to college because the family says go to college. Okay. And then the next one was, well, then you'd be good as a therapist. Oh, how much school does that take? Well, that's a master's. Forget it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then it was, uh, I think, marketing. And okay. that's uh, kind of where So, the, But now we look back, that was foreshadowing, right? Yeah. My, mine, I think, said, I try again. I mean, I, I don't know what my, <laughs> I don't remember what it said. I mean, yeah, at that point, I don't think I had much uh, career ambitions. But I, with, with you, yeah. too, it's... I wanted uh, to work for an airline. Did you? That's what I wanted okay. to do then. I think I still thought I was going to be a professional baseball player at that Ooh. time. So those career assessments weren't for me, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then where do you go to school? Where do you go to college? Uh, my bachelor's I got at Sac State. Okay. So I went there and I ended up uh, studying. I really like traveling. I wanted the airline. So I, for me, I, I had a dual dual major uh, of international business and and marketing. Okay. And my parents were more do the marketing. Yeah. You know, Dad was in sales and oh, okay. Kind of things. So, okay. And then did you so, go? Did you out of there go and get a job in the marketing industry or uh, no? Because I was uh, shy. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So marketing wasn't really for me. I wound up in banking. Oh wow. So I ended up uh, for maybe five years. I was a. Uh, bank manager for five years customer service manager okay yeah, for about five years and it wasn't really me yeah um and then wait before we move i, oh, I am ahead. fascinated whenever i have clients i don't know if you ever do this but i don't i always want it to be um therapeutic i don't want to waste their time but yeah. i can cla- under rapport building maybe with someone that has worked in the banking industry i always ask was there a time that you're sitting in front of somebody and you pull up their account and you are just blown away looking at the person in front of you of how much money they have in their account do you have those? Do you ever? Oh no, because okay. you get so used to the money. Do you? Yeah, you get. Oh, oh, it's a million dollar deposit. Oh yeah, I'll sign that off. Go ahead. Wow. So you get. You get. Um, Desensitized. Numb, to it, numb to, it. to it. Yeah. Okay. Or somebody comes in. I'm missing sixty five thousand dollars. Where is it? And you're. Oh well, we'll check into it. We'll get it for you here okay. by the end of the day. You know, find it. And yeah, back yeah. then, you know, things have changed. <laughs> yeah. I put in the first ATM. 
Did you really? <laughs> okay. So that's how long ago that okay. was. Was that a, uh, wow, I can't believe this, is, or it's a fad, or I mean, do we look at that like we do now on computers and cell phones? And yeah, stuff? it was. But why um, we need that? We have bank people that we yeah. can go in and talk to, right? Yeah, actually, yeah. this was a, a learning moment for me because I was a, 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 this customer service manager and uh, put in the ATM and, oh, it seemed like it was going to be neat. And then I was told, now you need to fire all the tellers. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was my first experience of really having to let go of people, oh. and that didn't... Didn't like that. I, I did not like that okay. part of it. Was that where we start tapping into Julie's empathy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. really. Yeah. 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 And, and you have to... And they're crying, and they're, you uh-huh. know, how am I going to feed my family? And, okay. Um, so that was hard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so from banking then, where'd you go? Oh, banking. After banking, then I went for what I wanted. Okay. I went to work for an airline. Oh, you did? I did. I worked for Alaska Airlines oh, for wow. about 11 years. Wow. Yeah, okay. I didn't realize yeah, that either. 11 yeah. years. And what were you doing for the Alaska? Um, I started as a ticket agent okay. and then I was uh, kind of a temporary lead i got into oh as a trainer for the station Mm. and then i got into something called operations which i really loved which was has to do with doing the weight and the balance on the planes and a lot of work with the pilots and a lot of radio work um but what i loved was all the I don't know what you'd say, all the travel benefits. No, that's exactly (laughs) it, right? Yeah, so you could go anywhere, right? Yeah, we could go anywhere and then... And wow, we could work. We could work for one another, and we'd have double shifts. Uh-huh. And so, what people will do is they'll work um, several shifts in a row, and then go on a trip for a month. Wow! Yeah, it was pretty cool. Okay. And then, and then during that, I decided to be a therapist. So. Okay, what what led you there? Uh, my own therapy. Okay, of course. Yeah, okay, that that'll be a pretty familiar story, working, right? Yeah, working okay. working on my own healing, and so yeah, that's. During during the work with Alaska, I got into a master's program at JFK mm. University in their transpersonal program. So it was very holistic. Okay, and you already identified. So you had your bachelor's. You spent five years in banking. You go eleven yeah. years in airlines. I mean, I love that. I didn't know we were going to be talking about um, changing careers, careers so which much. I love that, yeah. right? Because uh, I'm sure in your practice, you see that too, where people are not satisfied in a career oh, and yeah. all of the kind of the things that go along with that. And, yeah. and uh, but then feeling stuck or scared that they yeah. can't change. I mean, right. do you have those thoughts? No. No. Not, okay. Not for me. I yeah. mean, no, no. It's just uh, one thing led to another and you get to know yourself better and you change as you as you mature. Um, or and maybe you're you're braver to go work for yeah. the airline that you really wanted to do when you were twenty one, but it didn't work out the way you wanted sure. it to yeah. or, or whatnot. Um, and then how was your master's experience? I mean, when you, you uh, wanted to be there, right? So was that a completely different oh, school yeah. experience? Yeah, yeah. like him well. In the bachelor's, I had a really good time. Mm, okay. <laughs> I was young, I had a yeah. good time. Uh, I still got my, like, a 3.0 or something, but when I got to my master's and I was passionate about what I was doing, I got a 4.0. Okay. And, yeah, and it was very um, transformative. Uh, a lot of people, they would start the program, there were plenty of people that kind of dropped out along the way, mm. uh, and most people would have these sort of major life changes. Yeah. I had a divorce at okay. that time. Um, and I'm curious, a lot I, you of know, growth. okay. And, and I've asked a couple other therapists on here. Do you, I know when I went back to school to get my master's in counseling at the beginning, they kind of said, Hey, this will, this will change your life. You're going to look mm-hmm. at things a lot differently and, and you will not come out of it the same. And I remember kind of thinking, eh, yeah, but it won't be a big deal. But I mean, mm-hmm. so did you kind of get that same speech at the beginning? 
Yes, I okay. think I probably did. I think I'd already had a lot of life changes just through doing my own psychotherapy okay. outside of that. Yeah. But um, this program, it was a, actually a three-year master's versus oh. the clinical was a two-year program. Okay. And I remember looking at the book and like, well, I should do the clinical program. Ooh, but this transpersonal program, which combines the East and the West. Oh. Uh, so Buddhism, all that kind of thing, consciousness studies. Ooh, that looks really yummy, and that looks fun, and mm. oh, but I should do this one. And yeah. then I just went, no, I'm going to do this other one. You did, and okay. I did. And okay, it was a great. Decision. And then a 4.0, you just you you yeah. love that, yeah. Um, and then so where'd you go from there? What did you do a practicum? I mean, or, oh yeah, or, yeah, just like yeah, because okay. I was going for my LMFT. Sure. So yeah, there was um, there was a practice. Yeah, there was. Well, let's see. First, there was the work you do in school. Then I started to do a. Um, yeah, the practicum outside, that's right when I was having a divorce. Oh, it was. Okay. It was kind of, you know, like a private practice kind of practicum. Oh, okay. So that was a bit of a, a struggle. And then um, after that a bit, uh, I met my husband now. Okay. And I moved to Atlanta. Oh, wow. And so I had a practicum there uh, with a wonderful place. Um, I <laughs> What was the name of the Link Counseling Center in Atlanta? Mm. And uh, I used to say, "Oh, this is the place where therapists go when they die and go to heaven." You know? Oh, okay, it was really nice. Nice, yeah. Uh, and then, in addition to that, I did assessments at a psych hospital. Oh, so lots of hours there. Sure. And, and then, was your? Do you remember your first client in your practicum? Oh, well, I, I love the first client stories. Okay, yeah, what, what, what was one, that? Or, one, and of course, protecting all the you know, yeah, yeah. No, changing just, names and all these things. Yeah, yeah, no, he was wonderful. It was this male client that was just um, wonderful, and all these transferences happened. Okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll never forget that running to supervision. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, uh, just how much. I think we we both grew mm. in working together. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So and, and and there's a part of me that we could sit and kind of explore. I want to explore your LMFT side, but I want to get to the luminous passages yeah, yeah, so bad yeah. that then so uh, you know you're in Atlanta. Well, is we're that already talking about? Are we it a okay? Bit, okay. In so, a way. Okay. In a way. So okay. like when I was doing the transpersonal program, mm-hmm. and around this age, I was uh, having some what I'd call mediumship experiences. And I, this is probably a good point to explain what a medium Let's is. Let's do, and some. even before that, do you feel, because I know a lot of listeners are, are just really curious to hear, mm-hmm. was this something you have felt, you know, uh, from birth? Was yeah, this in your this DNA? Is... is this something that you were cynical about at first? What, what was yeah, that like? Yeah, so yeah, great question. Um, I th- Looking back now, I think my first experiences, I was about four years old. Uh, and I would see spirits walking around my bed, and it scared me half to death. Okay. And, you know, you tell your mom, and she yeah. just says, oh, that's your imagination. Okay. And so I spent a lot of time just going under the covers, wow. hoping it would go away, and then it did. It went, just went away. Um, you know, and this happens with a lot of kids, I think, especially this age, little. Um, and then uh, nothing really until I got into my late 20s okay. and more when people I knew were crossing over, family members, and just, you know. And by crossing over, maybe we oh, do some terms, I'm sorry. right? No, dying, this is great. dying, yeah, okay. yeah, dying. Okay, so as you started um, to experience the reality. Family of, members, yeah. yeah. And, or, or, yeah, and this is a good thing to explain too. Like, first real family member that died for me was my grandmother. Okay. And in my family, I was raised when you die, you're dead. Oh. That's it. 
Okay. You'll never see them again. It's just over. That's mm. you know, we're just here and then we're gone. Okay. And so when somebody dies, it's devastating because okay. you're never going to see them again. Wow. So, um, and then, um, although I didn't, I don't think I had an experience about her right then, but um, when my father passed, I knew when he was passing. I looked. I had my mother with me. I looked at the clouds and I said, "He's gone." And how old were you when that happened? That I was um, probably thirty-four. Okay. Something like that. But I'd had another. Oh, I did know when my grandmother was passing because I was at my father's house and all of a sudden I had to lay on the floor and I couldn't move. Mm. And I just started therapy. I okay. got down there and I thought, oh, this is what it could, what could this be? You know, yeah. And I ran to look at the bookstore for what it could be. And the only book that appealed was The Courage to Grieve. Okay. And I said, well, that's, I don't know anybody who's dead. So why, I don't need that book. And then I went home and my mom called me. And at the time I'd been laying on the floor, my grandmother had had some problem in an operation and oh, passed. Wow. And I think I was feeling that. And so okay. then I went back to buy the book, The Courage sure. Degree. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So there were some seeds being planted. Yeah, but I didn't know what they were. And I and I kind of thought, well, gosh, maybe this happens to everybody. Right. When somebody passes, they... And I do get a lot of people that come in to see me now, and it's like, well, I feel them a little bit, or this or that. I've had this experience. So, okay. And yeah. and I, so kind of with the concept of if people are cynical, I mean, did you have experiences in your teens or 20s where you started, you know, hearing about whether it's psychics or, or experiences like this, and were you... Oh, that's interesting. Or did you think there's no way? Or do you remember having those thoughts? Yeah, I kind of no. I didn't hear about psychics or any of that. Okay. Um, I think I was curious about things. Well, I was also curious about uh, re- religion. I was drawn to, you know, Christianity and wanted to be with Jesus, and uh-huh. that felt really yummy. Um, but it's hard to try to get to a church when you don't drive. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and I did find, like, a book on astrology, so that was kind of interesting. Okay. And then I think I got some tarot cards, but I never really mastered any of that mm. uh, back as a teenager. So that was kind of just okay. my little... So then they were kind of put away. Yeah, they put away sure. and then, you know, got to go to college and do these other things. And, yeah. And, uh, but I did get an interest... When was that? Um, probably early 30s in... in nature spirituality kind of a more native american okay. type thing and now i know i'd had i'd done a like a visualization they call it journeying listening to something and i had wound up in this visualization in this teepee with these older native american men i think we smoked a pipe too and they were just telling me oh you're going to be doing this and do you agree to help people and you're going to and and I came out of it, and I thought, well, that was a really cool visualization. And now I uh-huh. it's like, oh, why didn't I write that down? Because Uh-oh. I was with these Native American men. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> and yeah. It's like, I didn't know what I was at. Yeah. It's like, I want to go back. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so all right. So then we're, so you, you're having these experiences with uh, crossing over, mm-hmm. and, and you're having kind of more awareness around that. Yeah. And then I know when uh, we were trading some messages, I believe you used a, a phrase, uh, spiritual awakening. Is that a significant point? I mean, is that... That's a very significant point. Okay, so is that that a point where you knew that you were going to start heading more in this luminous passages direction? Or maybe I'll let you drive. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you let me drive. Okay. Um, 
and I think I want to back up just okay. the, uh, just for a second Please. if I could. Um, because I also remember when I was about 43, there used to be this show on TV, a famous medium by the name of James Von Prague. I remember some you of remember those. It? Yeah. yeah. Well, I would be up late, and I had a little daughter. I'd be up late at night, and I was watching this show, and I didn't know what a medium was. Mm. And so he'd come on, and he would give messages of these people that had crossed over. And I would look at that TV, and I would like... Where is he getting these actresses from? Okay. You know, and yeah. man, those tears look real. And finally, I was like, could he really be doing this? Yeah. And so that was kind of interesting. No, I appreciate but. that. And I know you and I talked before, and, and you you were so good about saying, hey, I get it that there are people that are, yeah. are cynical. And, and I want to I ask the questions. And yeah. I think I told you, I don't want to offend you, Julie. No, no, like, come on, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, so I think when I was even talking about, did you have, what were the experiences like when you were younger? I mean, I think of the, you know, Dionne Warwick and the Psychic Friends Network and people calling on the phone oh. and those sort of things and oh, the 900 okay. numbers mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, and so I think, I don't know if I was hearing from my own family or, you know, that's ah, just a money thing or whatever, yeah. right? I well, mean, I did so, used to think that. Did you? Okay. Even not that okay. long ago. Okay. But I'd drive down the street and you see psychic and I'd be like, what a waste of money or okay. whatever. <laughs> okay. You did. All right. Yeah. So I did kind of come from that perspective there. But then in um, 2012 which is actually a fairly popular year for other people to have what they call a spiritual awakening. Um, I had, I, I, it was like a perfect storm. I was doing uh, deep psychotherapy myself okay. on early childhood trauma. Mm. Uh, I was doing yoga. I was in my body for the first time. I was doing energy work, experiencing it, uh, Reiki and um, another form uh, from uh, elite neuro care. I can't quite remember what it was called, but I was doing that. And I was working with a spiritual teacher slash mentor slash he was kind of my everything person. Okay, and that's he a lot. De- he definitely knew all this stuff. Okay. Yeah, he'd been on this path many years. Wow. And then all of a sudden, I just had this awakening And what happened was um, a lot of repressed material came up, repressed traumatic information Mm -hmm. came up, and then um, mystical experiences started happening to me. I was hearing voices, seeing dead people. It was was pretty... uh, Strange. To so, say so the do least. you feel like before that happened to you, if someone, let's say you're in a session with the client yes. and they're telling you this, I mean, is there this part that wants to, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have some empathy and awareness here, but are, were you yes. still thinking, what, what else is going on here? Yes. What, okay. You, so yes. You, yeah. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. This is definitely. You know, I always give you know my psychotherapy assessments. Yes. And you know, I, if you do, there's that part. Do you ever see or hear things other people I, don't see? Yes. <laughs> right. And I mean, so it's taken on a whole new meaning for me. Now. See, yeah. I, pre- I appreciate that, yeah. right? Because there's that part. I think, yeah, yeah having no experience, uh, you know, with anything like that m- myself. I, when I hear that, I do go into, you know, clinical, classic clinical mode. And what are yeah. the voices? What are yeah. they repressing? Was it there? Whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you do really have to be able to tease out because in this awakening with the repressed material coming up, I um I did eventually have a period of psychosis. Did you? Okay. Yeah. And I okay. shut down my practice okay. for like four weeks, got myself a little Risper doll, got okay. myself back on track. And um, uh, so it's a matter of kind of teasing out what is sort of more psychological that's going on. 
and what is actually spiritual that's going on. Okay. And and if if you're getting messages that are positive, maybe you're hearing things that is positive and it's coming more from the right side, generally that's going to be more spirit and good. If it's you know you need to you know what what did I hear? Oh, you're gonna. Oh, what you said to some client, you're going to wind up in Napa State or something. Okay. <laughs> I, I was yeah. like, okay, that is not yeah. <laughs> spiritual. That okay, is, so that's, I mean, so, I think that's kind of interesting. Because yeah. do you run into people that will say that they have heard these, you know, negative voices or, or evil voices? or And so are you kind of saying you feel like that's more of some sort of psychological? I tend to think term? it's more psychological. Okay. Some people will say, I've heard people say, well, that's an evil spirit or, or something like that. Um it, it, there can be negativity attached to people. You know, I think it's a case by case situation. You have to look at each person and okay. really uh, help help them figure out what's what. And you know, there's um, you know, if we go down the diagnosis road, there's uh, one thing I'm finding uh, as people uh, come in, there'll be certain people with diagnoses that it's like, hmm, there's an awful lot of people with bipolar that seem to be able to do this, or yeah. ADHD seem to be able to do this. It's kind of interesting. What's going on here? Okay. It's the correlation. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So after you, you have this 2012, you yeah. kind of have all these repressed emotions, yeah. feelings coming up, and then you, you, you take the EMDR, break. EMDR. Yeah. Okay. A lot of EMDR. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. there's so much we could talk about, right? I know. Okay. You're going to lots of um, So then when you come back, then at that point, are yeah. you ready to start this, the, the luminous no, passages phase? No, still not no. quite. Not okay. thinking about that. I, but I start developing the mediumship. It's okay. It's like, oh my gosh, I can talk to people who've crossed over. Hey, how was that for a cliffhanger? Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to part one of my interview with Julie Christensen. Part two will come out early next week, and uh, I will see you then on the virtual couch. Compressed emotions flying past, our heads and out the other end. The pressures of the daily grind, it's wonderful. Elastic waste and rubber ghost, I'm floating past the midnight hour. They push aside the things that matter.
your legs and hearts, you broke the pain. It's